people get to the top of the financial mountain mm-hmm. and they're about to retire, it's the last day that they're funding their IRAs and 401ks. They may have sold their business and it might be the last big paycheck of their life. Mm-hmm. And now they need to live on it for the next two, three, and sometimes four decades. Yeah. So I'm here to share with you that it's the second half of your financial journey that also takes on the most amount of risk and needs the most amount of planning. Hello, friend. It's Wendy Valentine, your hostess with the Midlife Mostess, coming at you live from the RV. Welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. If you are ready to get unstuck, take courageous action, and reclaim your life, I am the wild and wise woman for you. Let me tell you, I've been there. I've gone through divorce. I was at a job I definitely didn't love. I've lost some amazing people in my life, and I have cried buckets of tears along the way. The great news is that I've made it through to the other side. Oh, yeah. My breakdown became my breakthrough. I know your greatest breakthrough is on the other side of saying yes to life. It's time to stop being stuck and stop playing small. It's time to go from surviving to thriving. If you're done living a life that doesn't set your soul on fire, this is the podcast for you. Let's get this midlife party started, shall we? Welcome back to the Midlife Makeover Show. I hope you are having a great week, and I hope that you have been enjoying the show for however long you have been listening to it. I am truly, truly grateful for all my listeners, all my social media followers, and friends and family that have supported me on this wild, wonderful endeavor of starting my own show. Who'd have thunk it that I would actually start my own show? Hmm. Well, I guess I did. Uh, Deep down, I knew. I always knew that I would have my own show, but I just didn't know the who, what, where, when, why, and how. I just had a knowingness that I should do it and that everything would fall into place in perfect timing and in perfect order. I believe that's all you can do with anything in life, really. Whether it's a new career, a new relationship, a new home, a new anything, you have to listen to your heart. You have to learn the basics, meaning learn what you need to learn to get you started and then leap into it like a badass mofo and just love the entire journey, however it unfolds and wherever it leads you. Listen, learn, leap, and love. Yeah, I like that. Listen, learn, leap, and love. And just like George Michael would say, you just got to have faith. Got to have faith, the faith, the faith. (laughs) I can't sing, obviously. Have faith in yourself. Have faith that you have the gifts, the strengths, and the abilities to accomplish whatever you want to in life. I mean, this is it, folks. This is your one chance in this one lifetime as the unique and miraculous being that you are. So you might as well go for it, whatever it is. You know the it. I don't know the it, but you know the it. So make the it happen. Make shit happen. Got it? I have always been amazed at people that make shit happen, people that go for it in life. One thing that I have really enjoyed about hosting this show is meeting and interviewing people from all over the world and from all walks of life that listen to their hearts learn what they need to learn, leap like badass mofos, and love the entire journey. 
I am literally so inspired to do more and be more every time I interview another guest on the show. And I'm hoping you feel the same. I want to bring you so much inspiration that you can't help but to go after your dreams. You can't help but to become the next best version of your most amazing, awesome self. And I have a ton, and I mean a ton of great guests coming up on the show too. I am so humbled by the amount of people that have requested to be on the Midlife Makeover Show and to share their wisdom with you. I have actually had so many requests that I had to increase the amount of episodes each week by doing the Midlife Makeover Show live on Instagram. And we are already booked with IG live shows for the next three months with a ton of topics taught by extraordinary experts from all over the world. I am absolutely amazed. We had our first show this past week with over 600 people in the audience, and I loved it. If you missed it, need it not worry, you can join us on the next one. The cool thing about IG Lives is that you can meet new guests live on the show, you can ask questions, just type your little question into the comment, and you can even come up on stage if you want to be a guest on the show. How cool is that? So how do you watch these live shows? It's really simple, you guys. Two steps. Number one, you follow me on Instagram by searching for a Wendy Valentine or the Midlife Makeover Show, and I should pop up. Number two, go to my profile, and you will see all the Instagram live shows listed. Click on the one you want to join, and you will receive a reminder when we go live. In my opinion, just get a reminder on all of them because I think you will learn something new from every guest. And you will definitely learn something new from today's guest. I certainly did. I'll admit that when I started the show, I was thinking that we would just talk about money and retirement, but we talked about so much more than money. We talked about the meaning of life and how money can help you make shit happen in life. Just like our guest said on the show, money doesn't bring happiness, but it can bring you freedom and independence. Let's dive in. David Roselle is the founder and president of Roselle Wealth Management, an entrepreneurial firm located in Bend, Oregon. For over 20 years, he has specialized in working with affluent individuals and families who are at or near retirement to help them live the life they have always imagined. David excels in making complicated financial planning topics easy to understand. I love that. An accomplished speaker, he has addressed international audiences numbering in the thousands, including the Million Dollar Roundtable. David is the host of the podcast, Recession Proof Your Retirement, and author of two entertaining books that meld his passions of adventure and finance. The first book is Failure is Not an Option, Creating Certainty in the Uncertainty of Retirement, and the second book is Keep Climbing, A Millennial's Guide to Financial Planning. David's inspiration and zest for life have been shaped by a lifetime of international adventures, and he was even one of the privileged to partake in tearing down the Berlin Wall. Oh my gosh. This guy definitely makes shit happen. I present to you David Roselle. Everyone, enjoy the show. David Roselle, welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. So great to have you. Tell us a little bit about what you do and why you do what you do. Ah, 
Well, it's great to be on your show, Wendy. I've got a practice in Bend, Oregon, beautiful Bend, Oregon, uh, where our ski season just ended, and here we are in June. Um, <laughs> and we work with uh, people, uh, the focus of our practice is working with people who are at or near retirement, and they know how much money they have, but they really don't have a good idea of what their money can or can't do for them for the rest of their life. So we help give them that information because knowledge is power. I love it. I love it. And okay, so, and why do you do what you do? What made you really want to like teach about money? Yeah, I um, I got a passion for money in my youth, actually. My grandmother was one of these... Um, One of these people that took my grandfather's average income from the Great Depression onward and started investing 10% of it. Wow. And she just did some ordinary things extraordinarily well. And uh, I'll never forget the time that I was uh, still a teenager and the bank was going to loan me money to go out and buy a brand new Honda Prelude. You remember those old Honda Prelude? Yes, I love those. Yes. And this it's kind one of a had a long trunk. <laughs> yeah, long trunk, and it had power windows and a power sunroof. And you know, grandparents have a way sometimes of communicating differently than your parents. And she said, "David, this is going to be the nicest car of all your friends, but I want to show you this chart." And it was a chart that I have in all my books because it made such an impact on my life. And it basically showed that if someone starts funding an IRA at $2,000 a year at the age of 19 and stops when they're 27, they'll have more money at retirement than if you start when you're 27 and funded all the years until age 65. Ah. It was the power of compound interest, which Albert Einstein said is the eighth wonder of the world. And so um, I grew up with uh, a a business that I started in college called Driveway Seal Coating and ended up doing that for 10 years. And when I sold the business, I said, what is the the next passion? And uh, I was really self-taught on investing and would read books in my youth. I know that sounds crazy. And uh, and I decided that that is my next calling. So now we've been doing that for 22 years and uh, it it is my calling. I love it. And there's such a need for it. I I was telling you earlier, I had someone on the show last week talking about money um, and about your relationship with money. So tell me what your thoughts on that are like in regards to how someone, their relationship with money and what is your relationship with money? Yeah, I... um, I think money doesn't bring happiness, but yet if I could choose to have money or not to have money, the reason I would certainly choose money is because I associate money to freedom, independent. Uh, My daughter is graduating from university in New Zealand in December, and I'm going to go down and visit her. And if I didn't have the money for that inflated plane ticket and to be able to take some time off of work, I wouldn't have the freedom to go down there and visit her. Yeah. Um, so we all know lots of people have accumulated riches, uh, but they're not happy. Right. Certain people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so money doesn't bring uh, happiness. Um, but uh, I almost look at it as money is like alcohol. Um, say you're <laughs> drinking, a, say you're drinking a, a, a bottle of wine. Uh, by yourself. And I know that you uh, enjoy Oregon Pinot Noir as, as do yeah. I. <laughs> and um, I, I think that 
alcohol lowers our inhibitions and the real person comes out. So mm. if you're a happy person like you and I are, we tend to get happier. Right. Um, if you're angry inside, it can bring out the anger. And I have found that money is pretty similar. When mm, good, happy people come into a lot of money, yeah. they usually make really good decisions with it mm-hmm. that can help other people and bring freedom and joy into their life. Mm-hmm. And when other people have a poverty consciousness or in other areas um, of unhappiness, um, very often it just exasperates the unhappiness. Right. That is so fascinating. I've never thought of it that way. And it's true too. I was thinking about like for myself, what money has brought to me. I I always, I think of money as like, there's two reasons I want money. I want to be able to give money. I love being able to just, if someone's in need, like, here you go, just take it. I don't need it. You know, this is going to help you out. And to experience more of life. Like you said, you couldn't, there's so many things you, I mean, it's the reality of it. I mean, money touches everything. It's like the money does in a lot of ways make the world go round. And it's like, if you want to experience more of life, buying an RV and traveling across the country or going to a school in New Zealand, you need money for that. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, which leads to like experiences. I, I love experiences and you do need a certain yeah. amount of money to have some pretty cool experiences. We both love RVing. Um, yeah, when I had my, my business, the driveway seal coating company for 10 years after college, um, one of the blessings was that mother nature forced us to shut down operations for six months a year due to weather. Mm. And so I looked at that as a positive and I would, um, buy a one-way plane ticket to some far off country and end up spending six months traveling to six different countries. Wow. And so uh, 10 plus years later, I had spent a month in 65 countries on six continents. Wow. And I'll never forget the time that I was on an island called Taviuni in Fiji. And I was living with a tribe for a number of weeks and they had no money. They had dirt floors, no windows. Um, They had no iPhones, no iPads, and certainly no IRAs. (laughs) And yet they were the happiest people Mm. I've ever met on the planet. As a matter of fact, I learned that in the Fijian language, there's no word for stress. Mm. And they had the biggest smiles and so much inner joy. And it got me thinking about the difference between being rich and wealthy. I look at Mm -hmm. riches is the size of your wallet or pocketbook or savings account. And wealth comes more from the heart. Because as we were just talking, there's a lot of wealthy people that we all know that don't have that inner joy. And there's people we know that have very little money that exude that joy. It's magic Mm -hmm. when you find both people that exude joy and have lots of money, um, few and far between. But that really taught me to differentiate between the words rich and wealthy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so true. And, and we've all, yeah, I'm sure I've met people that are very rich and they're not nice people and people that don't have any money and they're like the kindest people and they would give you the shirt off their back, you know? So, um, obviously midlife makeover show, a lot of midlifers, 
midlifers are moving into retirement or retiring. So what do you feel is the best way? And I'll admit, even for myself, I'm not completely prepared. After I'd gone through a divorce, then I lost everything that I would have had for retirement. So I'm at this stage in my life of having to build to prepare. So let's just take me, for example. What If I were to come and meet with you, where would we start? Yeah. Well, I also want to share with you, like 55% of Americans, I also went through a divorce. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, a quote that got me through those very, very challenging times was that sometimes you have to give up the life you've been working so hard for, for the one that's waiting for you. Oh, I just read that quote the other day in a book. It was like the very first quote. In the, that's awesome. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. In that book, yes. um, because I realized I was married to a, a, a very good person, um, but we both outgrew each other. We met in, in a, at a young age and um, and I realized that we would both need to implement one of the biggest decisions in our life to follow our inner joy. Uh, and I think when you do follow your joy and you listen to yourself and go with that gut intuitive feeling, uh, good things will follow. Right. Um, but on a financial stance, uh, you know, most people going through a divorce um, is definitely a setback. It's, uh, you know, a 401k becomes a 201k overnight. Yeah. <laughs> and it's uh, it's time to, to rebuild. Um, but for those who are going through or have been through a divorce, uh, I think it's about getting guidance. I mean, Tiger Woods was the best golfer in the world and he had two coaches. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's about getting some financial guidance and getting some referrals to people who are more, um, as much as they need to be very good at numbers, I think it's more important to be in the people business as, at least as much as the numbers business. Right. And really working with um, a, a, a good financial planner uh, that feels right. The, energetically, there's a good bond and they can help guide you moving forward and give you that information that you need to know on how much money you're going to need to be retired and what do you need to do between now and that date to achieve those goals. A little reverse engineering. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the thing for me. Um, there's a lot of things I don't understand. Like I haven't like some of these terms, I have no idea what they mean. And I'll admit it's been always been kind of intimidating and, and people that are do stocks are like, Oh, this, I'm like, Oh my gosh. And I'm, I consider myself to be a pretty smart woman, but a lot of that stuff I haven't even tried to learn about because it's just, to me, it's very intimidating. So how do you like with me, like, what would we do to help fix that so that I can actually learn more and invest more? Yeah. Well, first of all, I want to share with you that most people can relate to how you're feeling. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons that most people out there feel that way is because we've never been taught about money. Yeah. They never taught us in school about money. And most of what we learned was from our parents. And what did they know? They learned from their parents who went through the Great <laughs> Depression and have a very unique outlook on money that we right. might not want to emulate. So I think part of it is going back to having the right advisor. You don't, like, I don't know how my car engine works, but I know that if I turn the key, that the engine starts. And that's all I really want and need to know. 
I think doing some as much uh, learning as you want uh, through books or online is great. But if you have a bond with a good advisor, you don't need to be the full-time mechanic and understand mm-hmm. how the engine works. Right. Um, and I think a lot of it is learning what type of accounts to put your investments in. So there's certain types of retirement accounts from a tax perspective that can save you a lot of money now as well as down the road. So if just using simple numbers, if someone's making $100,000 a year and they funded their retirement account with $15,000, they're only paying taxes on $85,000 versus $100,000. Ah, nice. And that money continues to grow tax deferred. So as it's growing, there's no taxes being paid on it until you take withdrawals. Right. Um, and, and then a good advisor can teach you about really simple, good, diversified portfolios. Uh, we certainly use something called exchange-traded funds a lot, um, which uh, I highly recommend learning about. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and do you guys, probably a silly question because it seems like a lot of people are, even with what you and I are doing right now, but can someone hire you just even remotely? Do you have to be in Oregon? Can you be anywhere? Yeah, we have clients um, all throughout the United States. And, um, you know, years ago when I started the business, we were all things to all people. And we realized that we really want to be excellent at a small niche. So our focus is for those out there listening um, who have already accumulated wealth and have a lot of questions and problems and unanswered uh, questions, we could be a a good value for, uh, for you. Um, but uh, if you're in the accumulation phase and you're just starting and, and rebuilding, there are a lot of financial planners that just specialize on that as well. Okay. Yeah. And that's, it's really, it's, it's interesting. And I, I feel like I've been having all of these uh, financial advisors on the show. It's like, maybe it's a sign from the universe that I need <laughs> You know, I'll, I'll start share focusing on that, you know? And I think I always like sometimes I, I think of myself as if I'm 20 years old. So I'm like, oh, wait a minute, I'm approaching retirement. I'm not, I might feel like I'm 20, but um I'm approaching retirement. I should be. And it's just one of those responsible things to do is to actually prepare for that. Um, so you and you have a you have a couple of books, right? Yeah, I have a couple of books. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the first book that I wrote uh, is called Failure is Not an Option, Creating Certainty in the Uncertainty of Retirement. And what I my goal was with this book and, and the next two books was to take a topic, financial planning, that is heavy and arduous, like you were alluding to for most people, mm-hmm. and make it lighthearted and informative. So what I did is I meshed my two passions, one for international adventure travel and the other helping people with their financial planning. And so every chapter starts with one of the more riveting travel stories that after drinking enough wine, it kind of leads you into a financial lesson. And when there's (laughs) one too many charts, it starts the next chapter with another story. And to give you a good example of that, uh, I I shared a, a true life story Uh, from the early 90s on one of those early trips, six-month sojourns overseas. And I was in the country of Nepal in the Himalayas. And I'd never done too much mountaineering at that point. Uh, But before I knew it, I was on a 21-day self-guided trek with a gentleman from England. And uh, we got up to almost 20,000 feet. and, And it was one of the most arduous, both physically and mentally, 
mental uh, experiences I've ever had. Well, years later, I had an opportunity to meet a gentleman from Seattle named Ed Feasters. And mm-hmm. Ed is the best mountaineer that's ever roamed the planet Earth. He wow. summited Mount Everest seven times successfully and did so without supplemental oxygen. Oh my gosh. And I'll never forget the day yeah. that Ed said, you know, most people think our goal is to get to the top of Everest. But when we're on the top, we have the second half of the journey left and 80% of the accidents and 80% of the deaths happen on the descent. And when he said that it's the second half of the journey that takes the most amount of risk and needs the most amount of planning, that was my aha moment and the premise for this first book because I realized when people get to the top of the financial mountain mm-hmm. and they're about to retire, it's the last day that they're funding their IRAs and 401ks. They may have sold their business and it might be the last big paycheck of their life. And now they need to live on it for the next two, three, and sometimes four decades. Yeah. So I'm here to share with you that it's the second half of your financial journey that also takes on the most amount of risk and needs mm-hmm. the most amount of planning. Yeah, it's so important. I think that's, um, yeah, that's so, so true. I I did, um, I climbed Half Dome, but that's nothing compared to Mount Everest. Oh, that's... <laughs> That's pretty and impressive. As you were talking exposure. about the way down, I was like thinking about the way down on Half Dome. I'm like, oh my God, this is when you don't get like too comfy and yeah, you got to really- Holding on to those and- chains, right? Yeah, exactly. Make sure you set aside some moolah for a new pair of sexy and sophisticated sunglasses from Velvet Eyewear. And since they're so affordable, you can order a few pairs. I have personally been wearing velvet eyewear for over seven years now, and I love them. Because they are affordable, I have lots of different styles to go along with different outfits. So cute. Velvet Eyewear is a 100% female brand that is sexy and classy, yet relaxed and comfortable. That is just my style. Velvet embodies all of the attributes that are so important when it comes to eyewear. Clean designs that feel good, beautiful high-quality materials, colors that are fashion-forward yet very wearable, and the ultimate affordability. Velvet Eyewear was kind enough to give my wonderful listeners 20% off their purchase. Thank you so much, Velvet Eyewear. Just go to velveteyewear.com forward slash Wendy 22. The link will also be in the show notes. Well, let me ask you this. What are you feel? What do you feel are the fears surrounding retirement? People going into retirement, what is like their biggest fear? These days, I'd say it's inflation. Uh, you know, inflation, of course, is making the headlines now because we're at a 40-year high of, you know, somewhere between 8 and 9%. But it's important to remember that inflation has been as high as 18% in 1980. Wow. And like anything, it goes back to the law of averages. So inflation averages about 35 to 4% if we go back to the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. But even at that rate, it's daunting because if we experience a three and a half percent inflation rate in any given year and something costs a hundred dollars today, next year it costs $103.50. Not a big deal. But mathematically, over the course of 20 years at that rate, the mm-hmm. cost of living doubles. So if someone's 40 today and they say to their advisor, I want to retire at age 60 and I want to live on a hundred thousand dollars of today's dollars, 
because the cost of living doubles by the time they hit 60, there needs to be enough in that account to take out 200,000. Right. And then they're 20 years into retirement. They're 80 years young because these days graying means playing. And now Hmm. that 200 doubles again to 400. And I know this might sound like this is crazy. These numbers you're making dance on the page. But what will put it in perspective is that most of the listeners tuning in today spent more money on their last automobile than their parents spent on their first home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, and that's for you. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, I definitely did. <laughs> I definitely. <laughs> did you overspend? I overspent on my RV. Yeah. Of course, yeah, it, was, it was a vehicle and a home. So, you know. Well, that's an investment. <laughs> an investment in life experiences as well. <laughs> that's true. So, yeah. So, do you feel like there's, uh, you know, what are they, good debt and bad debt? Yeah, I think most experts would agree that investing into real estate, which is a great way to also diversify a portfolio, but specifically your primary residence, um, that a mortgage is is good debt. Uh, a, it enables you to control 100% of that property with just maybe 20% down or less. Mm-hmm. Um, and the mortgage payment is a tax deduction, the, the interest on that. Right. Um, so that would be considered good debt. Um, the reality is if, uh, you know, most people, whatever they're earning, say it's a hundred thousand dollars, uh, they're spending $110,000 mm-hmm. and rather than spending what, everything you're earning, if not more and having horrible debt called credit card debt. Yes. Um, better to pay yourself first. And say, if you were, as an example, earning $100,000, make sure you're putting $10,000 away first, paying yourself first, and then live on the 90. Learn to live on the 90 and simplify. Yeah. And I think, I know we talked a little bit before, but, you know, that was the biggest thing in moving into an RV was I decluttered. I got rid of everything. And for the time that I was traveling in the RV, living in the RV, I mean, there's a saying and you might have, it's like, if you, if you bring something into the RV, something's got to go, you know, it's like, you can't. So, but, and I would, I found myself and I've never been like a huge spender, but sometimes like if I was, I don't know, stop at a little gift shop, be like, oh, look at that little shirt or look at this little knickknack, you know, now I, after being in the RV, I'm like, do I really want that? Do I really need it? And do I have space for it? So it has been so, so nice to have decluttered and to simplify. And it makes you really, really think about your purchases, you know, and how important that is. And I think, it, and actually moving forward into retirement years, you do have to really think about what, because if, there's only this much in the account, then you have to really, really think about if you want to buy something, you know? Yeah. It, you yeah. know, it's that adage, the tougher you are in yourself today, the easier life will be on you later. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, when I used to sell real estate here in Chicago and I was working in this community where it was people that were downsizers, they were 55 and over and 55 or better, as I would say. And, um, and their biggest thing like they would panic about was having to get rid of everything. A lot of them were going from 5,000 square feet down to 1,000 square feet. And I'd say to so many of them, like, isn't it funny how the first half of our life, we're trying to get a bunch of crap. And the second half, we're trying to get rid of it all. 
That is so spot on. Yeah, I, I really, I've seen that with almost all my clients. Yeah. Um, everyone gets to a point where all of a sudden you have everything you want and now you're retreating yep. and really trying to simplify life. And, um, and you, you see the writing on the wall that, you know, you're, you're 70 years of age and statistically you might have 17 years of life left. Right. Yeah. And we know how fast 17 years goes. And that's when you start questioning what do I want the remainder of this life to look like? What's important? Yeah. To and accumulating and stuff usually doesn't top the list. Yeah. You're, you you came into the world with nothing. You'll leave with nothing. So have you ever heard of a, a philosopher named Wayne Dyer? Yes. I love, I have a selfie with Wayne on my phone. Oh, I love that. Well, I would love for you to send me a copy. I mean, he played yes. such an important role in my life that I have a selfie with Wayne that I put in that first book. Oh, that is and so I, funny. Where yeah. was it at? Where were you? Do you remember? He was, uh, when I moved to Bend, Oregon, 22 years ago, mm-hmm. I had been following him for years and he, I look in the paper and it says, it said that Wayne Dyer will be speaking at the Redmond Fairgrounds about a half hour from my new house. And I said, this is a sign. I was so meant to move here. Here he is following me now. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'll never and you forget. you guys kind of look alike, actually. We do. I've heard that before. We share the same barber. Uh, Wayne would <laughs> like to say that there's a few perfect heads in the world and the rest have hair on them. And I'll, I'll never forget when Wayne said to the audience, he said, the least selfish thing we can do in life is be happy. And I thought to myself, that sounds more selfish than selfless. And he went on to say that when you're happy, you're not a burden on anybody. Um, And then he went on to say, think of the least happy person you know, whoever comes to mind, are they a burden on others? Mm -hmm. You betcha they are. That's interesting. Yeah. And then if you think of the happiest person, you know, they're a burden on no one. Right. So the least selfish thing all of us can be doing in life is truly to be happy. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know I love Wayne. Oh my gosh. He was great. I learned so much. I think I've read every single one of his books. And I think too, it's like the, your, your money mindset is so important. How you think about yourself, how you think about your life and actually thinking about, I mean, very, really, we worry a lot about the future, but we don't actually like think about, like you were saying, how do we want to be living? Like, what's our lifestyle? Do we want to travel the world? Do we, what do we want to do? And like really be reverse engineering that so that we can plan accordingly, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm a big follower of the law of deliberate creation. um, And as what we think about expands and when we worry about money, Mm-hmm. Um, the law of attraction will not send more of it to us. Yep. It's about having an abundant mindset. Yes. And yep. because it really does come down to what we think about expands. Yeah, it's so true. Money, 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 lots and lots and lots of money. We don't even think about that. <laughs> That's all I'm thinking about now. <laughs> yep. So I read in the notes um, that you despise the word retirement. That is true. Here I am in the retirement business and I despise the term. What's up with that? (laughs) So the reason for that is, uh, do you have any idea where the word retirement came from? I do not. Tell me. Well, I'm going to tell you today. So it it comes from the Latin word retire, Mm -hmm. which means to end or be put out of use. Ah, 
Wow. Well, that's no fun. I know. Well, you know, two generations ago, you'd work for the same company your entire life. You'd get a gold watch on your retirement day. <laughs> and three years later, you were dead. Oh, my God. Yeah. It truly was the end of life. You were out to the pasture to be put out of use. Yeah. Today, people are retiring younger, living way longer, and no one wants to be put out of use. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What we're finding is so many of our clients, there's only so much golf they could play. Their, their partner did not sign up for them 24-7. Mm-hmm. And after they've done enough traveling and, and hobbies, a couple of years later, they, they want more purpose. And mm-hmm. some of them are opening up a bed and breakfast or a coffee shop, not because they need the money, but because they want to have that purpose. So they're not retired because they're still working, but mm. they're independent of the paycheck. So right. I prefer the term financial independence over the word retirement. Mm-hmm. Financial independence is what you said. Yes. Being yeah. independent of the paycheck. If you don't make money yeah. on that coffee shop, you'll be okay. Yeah. Um, and the chances are when you're independent of that paycheck, your chances of success are far greater. Yeah. And having that financial freedom, like you said, too, you know, it's funny, my mom, so my parents have been full-time RVers for 27 years and my dad retired from the FBI and they traveled and they still work. I mean, they're in their, you know, late seventies. And my mom has said, she's like, retirement. She's like, well, heck, she's like, we would have retired 30 times then, you know, I mean, but they, but they enjoy connecting and having that sense of purpose. And no matter if it's something as simple as working at an RV park and, you know, like checking people in, you know, but yeah, it's, and I think it is, it is changing that um, idea around retirement. It doesn't mean that when you retire, like that's it, you're done. And let's just sit around and make sweaters, you know, it's like, or whatever, maybe you do want to do that. I don't know. But that's so important though. And I think it's, um, yeah, being free of that, of that paycheck. Yeah. It's interesting. When I look at my own life, you know, years ago, being a wealth manager, my goal was to retire as a young age as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now that goal has done a 180 because mm-hmm. I've experienced so many clients who retire with wealth, um, but they are being put out of use. Yeah. And energetically, you could just sense that with them. And I realized I don't want to follow those people in their footsteps. They're great people. Right. But they, they're lacking that purpose. And yeah. so I've recreated my life where I'm spending most of my waking hours when I'm at work <clears throat> only focused on the things that are my unique ability, the things that I really get joy from. And I've elevated by delegating and having other people using their unique ability to do the things I no longer want to be doing. Yeah. So because of that, I'm enjoying my work that much more. We're that much more successful. And I want to stay at it well into my 70s. Yeah. 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 And the thing is, too, it's like, as you know, we 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 never know when our last day is going to be here. So it's like, shoot, you might as well enjoy it and be prepared. And if you do live until you're 120, which I plan on it. We'll have to hike half dome together. (laughs) I would love that. Yosemite is one of my favorite places on the planet. So pretty. And then I just went to uh, Utah. That was amazing. You were in Zion and Bryce and all those parks. So pretty. 
And what a nice time of year to be there before school is out. Oh my gosh. Too, too hot yet. Yes. Too, too hot. Um, So tell everyone where we can find you. Well, the name of my practice is called Roselle Wealth Management, R-O-S-E-L-L. So they can always find us at rosellewealthmanagement.com. And you could pick up my books, which are, like I said, really fun to read on Amazon. Uh, Failure's Not an Option. And we have another book called Keep Climbing, A Millennial's Guide to Financial Planning, because so many of my clients said, we enjoyed your book and had so much out of it, but we need a resource for our children or grandchildren. That's fun. Yes. So my answer was keep climbing. And uh, a new book that's uh, just off to the publisher called In the Know, which will be out in another month or two. Wow. Good for And you have a show too. You have a podcast. I do. I have a podcast. I love doing an interview like yourself, a lot of interesting people. Uh, It is called Recession Proof Your Retirement with David Roselle. I love it. I love it. I love it. You are, I need to hire you. (laughs) (laughs) You can set up my retirement. My, (laughs) I can be free of the paycheck. Come on out to Bend, Oregon in your beautiful new RV. Yes. And as long as you give me some uh, Pinot Noir. Count on Wendy. Thank you so much, David. Have a beautiful day and uh, stay in touch. I will. Such a pleasure to be on your show. Thanks for having me. And now for our nuggets of midlife wisdom from today's show. Number one, just like David's grandmother, do ordinary things extraordinary well. I love that. Number two, money doesn't bring happiness, but it can bring freedom and independence. Number three, The difference between being rich and wealthy is that rich is the size of your bank account and wealth comes from the heart. Number four, you must let go of the life we have planned so as to accept the one thing that is waiting for us. That quote comes from Joseph Campbell. Number five, when you follow your joy, good things will follow. I agree. Number six, it's the second half of the journey that takes the most amount of risk and the most amount of planning. Number seven, the tougher you are on yourself today, the easier life will be on you later. And finally, number eight, the least selfish thing that we can all do in our lives is to be happy. I love that last one, and I am dedicated to making that one happen for myself. David, you were such a delight to have on the show, and I'm grateful that you listened, learned, leaped, and loved in your own life, and you continue to do so. Make sure you check out all the links in the show notes to connect with David and get a copy of his books. If you'd like to see this interview on video, please subscribe to the Midlife Makeover Show YouTube channel. And if you're not already, make sure you follow me on Instagram at Wendy Valentine, the Midlife Makeover Show, where it's always a party on my page. I would love for you to join the party every Tuesday with me when the Midlife Makeover Show goes live on Instagram. Thanks for listening to today's show. Get out there and be bold, be free, be you. Did this podcast inspire you, challenge you, trigger you to make a change, or make you spit out your coffee laughing? Good. Then there are a few ways you can thank me. Number one, you can leave a written review of this podcast on Apple iTunes. Number two, you can take a screenshot of the episode and share it onto social media and tag me, Wendy Valentine. Number three, Share it with another midlifer who needs a makeover. You know who I'm talking about. Okay, friend, I am so grateful for you, and I can't wait to hear from you. Cheers from the RV. 
Here's to taking the road less traveled.